listener discretion advised. Today, linking a severed human hand and foot mailed to separate schools in Vancouver to the same college student who was allegedly killed and dismembered by a Canadian porn star. Now, police are also looking into videos that they say Luca Magnota may have posted while he was on the run for more than a week, including one just before his arrest, where he appears to be relaxing and listening to Madonna's La Isla Bonita. What's up and hi to all my fans. Joanna Romaliotis has been covering the story for the CBC Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Thanks very much. I know you have been covering this, uh, you know, sort of day in and day out, one of the most bizarre and gruesome stories. Um, what can you tell us in terms of how confident police are that these latest body parts that have come to the school are linked to the case? Well, they're almost certain, Aaron, that they are indeed um, parts that belong to Jun Lin, the victim that you mentioned earlier. They haven't completed DNA testing. The parts were shipped from Vancouver to Montreal for that testing today. And while they, there's no 100% confirmation yet at this point, police say because they are the right hand and the right foot, parts that, that are still missing or that were still missing, they strongly believe that they are Jun Lin's. And the other fact that links it to Luca Magnata is the fact that they were posted from a Montreal postal outlet. They don't know yet what exact location that is, but they are fairly certain that it is indeed the work of Luca Magnata. And Yuen, I know this is a just an awful question, but I'm, I'm sure some people out there are thinking, and we talk about all these body parts that have been showing up, um, do they know where the head is? Do they expect that there will be more? The head is the body part that is still missing, and believe me, Aaron, police too are very careful when they bring up these gruesome details. They are so graphic, and they are obviously thinking about the family when they do so. But the fact remains, the head is still missing. Whether or not it's in the mail, police say it's not clear. At this point, it takes about 10 days maximum for any body part to be mailed from Montreal to any other part in Canada. So the timeline in terms of where the parts showed up in Vancouver fits that timeline. So we're reaching the maximum. If it doesn't show up in a couple of days in the mail, they're not sure where it is. But they have looked at dump sites, and they are also looking into whether or not it might have been shipped outside of Canada, maybe to the U.S., maybe overseas. They're still not clear. Okay. And while they have said they don't need the head in terms of physical evidence, they do have quite a bit. They do want to obtain everything for the sake of his family. And I know the victim's family did just arrive in Canada last night. What do you know about them? They're devastated. They, can't, they come from a province in China that is relatively poor. They, sh they, came, they arrived in Montreal last night with the help of the Chinese consulate in Montreal. We spoke to a student representative who was at the airport to greet them. He said the mother especially was besides herself, could barely walk. They had to carry her and she was rambling and basically what they could make out was that she had come, she said, to find her son and to bring him home. So they are very devastated, as anybody could imagine. This is such an incredibly awful story to, to find out about your own child. And the community in Montreal, the Chinese community, especially at the university where Lynn was studying, have set up two donation drives that we know of at this point to help them in their trip here and to help them go back home. Hello, everyone. Welcome to An Eye for an Eye, your favorite podcast about the true crime and murder that you don't ever want to hear about again. Really quickly, I want to thank everybody for our feedback that we've gotten on the first podcast we've done. The first four have been great. Everybody's Absolutely. responses have been so encouraging, and we love you guys for and it. And if you haven't checked them out already, please do so. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in with us every week, 
everyone who supports us, gives us constructive criticism, feedback, suggests cases. We love it all. Um, we really do appreciate all of you guys checking us out and really giving us, you know, that love and that support. Absolutely, guys. So one more time, our contact info, if anybody wants to give us an email or a shout-out on Facebook or Instagram, we are available on all of those. The email is i for ipod at gmail.com e-y-e-f-o-r-e-y-e-p-o-d at gmail.com so please send us an email we would love to hear from you guys facebook is facebook fb.me m-e slash i for ipod same spelling e-y-e-f-o-r-e-y-e-p-o-d and instagram at i for ipod Please reach out to us, guys. We appreciate all the feedback, any information you want to give us that you may know that we haven't covered. Absolutely, and who knows, your feedback could be featured in the podcast. I did mention on all forms of social media that we're on, if you do comment and don't explicitly say, you know, you don't want your comments or feedback to be on the show, please put that in there directly. Otherwise, everything on our Instagram, Facebook, everything else is fair game. Uh, to be using the podcast because that's what this is all about like we've said a million and two times you know this is a podcast all about the discussion and that's what we really want to bring to the table and so good evening everybody and we're ready to start this wild ride with you guys please be warned this case is extremely fucked up fucked up like like gave me nightmares for weeks fucked up and that doesn't happen Matt can attest to that I don't I mean, I guess he can't really attest to my nightmares, but <laughs> he knows I look up like crazy shit before bed every single night, and this is the case that really stuck with me for like I couldn't shake it. It was the most fucked up thing I've ever researched, maybe in my whole well, one of the, up there, right? Top three, I think. Well, top top five. <laughs> top five. I have researched some fucked up shit. This is definitely top five. I would say. How would, would where would you rate on your scale of fucked upness? Oh, it's in my top five. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't. This is one of those discussions, like we said, we don't want to have. Like, I mean, yeah. This is one of our more shocking cases. I personally think that we shouldn't even be talking about this guy. We should leave him to rot and never speak about him again, because even bringing up his name is more credit than he deserves. But we have to, because that's our obligation. Lisa, you want to tell him who we're talking about? Yeah, Matt, absolutely. So, today's episode, we're going into the case of the fuck lord himself, Luca Magnata. Luca Magnata was a Canadian, is a Canadian citizen, uh, murderer, and a schizophrenic psychopath, metapsychotic, we believe. We're going to talk a lot about him and his deep, deep background of really terrible mental illnesses because this guy did some truly awful things to an innocent human being. Luca Magnata, this guy, was also known as Eric Quentin Kirk Newman. That was his given name. He was born in Ontario. Uh, He was actually born in 1982. So he became, at the age of 21, he was in Ontario his entire life, traveled around a bit, became a sex worker at age 21, and had an online presence that really was the basis for his entire industry. Made a lot of money selling himself online, posting videos of himself 
having sex with himself, doing weird things with objects, just one of those strange people uh, that like to make money off of himself. We also think he might have had slight body dysmorphia because... Slight, he had extreme body dysmorphia. Yeah, he um, had multiple plastic surgeries right before he turned 18, and that's very young to be having surgery. It was also interesting, going off of his body image issues... Uh, he did try out for a few Canadian television shows, one of which was called, uh, what was it called, Plastic Surgery, something, Plastic to Me or some yeah, shit. Yeah, something. And in it, we'll insert a clip here regarding that, if I can find it without throwing up, because everything that comes up when you Google this motherfucker's name is the worst of the worst. So if I can find that without audibly, you know, rolling into a ball and never leaving that ball, I'll definitely insert it within this area here. Hi, my name is Luca. Magnot is my last name, M-A-G-N-O-T-T-A. Hi, Luca, how are you today? Good, how are you? How are you? So, Thank right you. away, you know this is an underwear competition. I'm ask you to just roll, because I've got the shirt right away. All right, definitely. John, how come when his voice is lower, you're so lower? I know. I have a very deep voice. A lot of people tell me that, actually. so deep yeah. practice makes perfect right you got kind of a rifling vibe going on a lot of people tell me that like they remind me of like 54 that uh, movie you know yeah he happens to be one of my favorites too oh really I think, yeah i think you look good i think that, that your body is a little bit slim i used to be really overweight to be on, honest uh, i used to be really overweight i lost like weight really how did you do that I uh, just like got up every morning at like four o'clock and like ran constantly and people would tell me oh stop running stop running and I just kept doing it basically <laughs> oh god I was I, I was I was a lot of overweight actually so like you know uh, no, actually, I just got to highlight it, change oh, things up a bit, yeah. All right, little bit creepy. I know that when you were swimming a lot, I noticed some blondes tend to go in the water. A little bit of a green yellow side. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Yeah, for sure. A little bit healthier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot it. That happens sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think he looks good. I think he has a chance. I'm going to give him a yes. Thank you. I think this competition, you might be a little bit... I have no problem gaining weight. Like I can gain weight if I need to gain weight. I'm actually thinking more muscle definition. I think I think you do have a very nice lean. That could happen really quickly. I can yeah. gain weight really quickly. I'm gonna say potentially. I think you do have potential, but I'm gonna ask you to come back next year. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Linda, I'm I'm surprised to see how you look because. I think you look better in person in front of me than you look in your modeling portfolio. Okay. I think your photos are overexposed and blown out. And All right. your bone structure, and I think you have some interesting bone structure. Um, I mean, I think those photos look good. I do. <laughs> I do. I think that they look very good. That's I think they look that, hot. That's what attracted to me. I think he looks better in the photo. A lot of people tell me I'm really devastatingly good looking, so. That, I mean, a picture like that is kind of a fool. Yeah, but I think the problem is that what is good for cover eye isn't always what you're attracted to in your personal life. And I know that he's very your type. Well, everyone has their personal point of view, like who, who they like and who they don't like, basically. I just don't think he's beefy enough for cover guy. I don't think you have the musculature yet. I, I can definitely can gain weight. Yeah. yeah, I know you say you can gain weight. But you, you, you don't think I can. How much weight can you gain in two weeks? 
I can gain muscle. Everybody can do it. You know, I can gain muscle. I can work out. I'm very determined. And every goal that I put my uh, mind to, I surpass. Yeah, I literally have to be some overdeveloped group that you have in the plan. This is for everybody. And I think that he definitely deserves a chance. I, I agree, Jim. I think a lot of the Thank you, guys are important, but Oh, I was in Italy and they told me basically they don't want like really muscular type guys. They, you know, they wanted like, you know, thinner guys. And that's why I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, you know, be thinner. But he, he didn't make it on the game show. They thought he was too self-absorbed. But in the interview, he talks a lot about, you know, his, how he can like buff up and how he may be skinny, but he lost a lot of weight. He used to be overweight and all this craziness. And you could just tell by the way he talks about himself, how insecure but self-absorbed he is absolutely. it's like that body dysmorphia that matt talked of absolutely i mean he ultimately may have been a narcissist as well based on some of the accounts of what he spoke about himself he became something of an internet personality around 2003 uh right around the time when he turned 21 and that lasted for about five years became something of uh i don't want to say famous but he had a lot of people that would view his posts and would see things and it was estimated that he had as many as 70 Facebook profiles of himself under different pseudonyms and aliases, false names he would make up. Obviously, based on the posts that he was putting up, he was suffering from depression because he was trying to gain attention based on some pretty awful things he would say on Facebook about killing himself, killing others. Absolutely. And uh, he'd start online rumor. He'd like have, like Matt was saying, there's definitely something way wrong with this guy obviously there's something seriously wrong but like he'd start online conversations with himself like matt said he had over 70 plus facebook twitter you know everything i don't even know if twitter was on i don't know i said that but facebook accounts where he would like have conversations with himself myspace was an active yeah, he, site for him he would start rumors and then address the rumors once they gained popularity i know one of those rumors was that he was dating the convicted um, fell in Carla Homolka, and then he would when when it caught wind, like Matt said, he did have a, a popular following. Yeah. Uh, when it did catch wind, he would do interviews with the Toronto Sun and deny them. And he's the one that started these rumors. So it's like this man is still unhinged. Absolutely, he was trying to make himself a personality to be seen, a famous person. Somebody to be emulated. He wanted to consider himself as really good looking. He was even convicted of fraud in 2005. And was really found to be a little bit unstable at the time. From what we can read in court records. I read a dissertation that someone gave about him at the time. But nothing really indicates that he was metapsychotic. Which I ultimately believe he was. Um, and at that time he also became affiliated with online hate groups. You start to see him developing more vicious posting. Dark. Dark thoughts. Sharing much more radical posts from yeah. neo-Nazis and things of that nature. So Before we, we get into the details of that crime, I just want to go over other little minor... Well, not minor, like horrible things he did that really fucked me up for sure. In 2010 and in 2011... Like Matt said, he was really big at hyping himself on social media, and he was involved in a lot of disturbing groups on, you know, social media. And would always post videos and in, in chats and everything. And 
he became obsessed with the video, um, which I do not recommend watching. It is the only snuff film I've ever seen called Three Guys, One Hammer uh, of the, the maniacs in Russia. I don't know how to say the Russian word to describe them, but they're also going to be in an episode in the future where I will learn how to say their actual, like the Diot Love. I don't know. That's like Diot Love Pass. I don't know. But, if you're into that sort of thing, you may want to consider seeking help. Yeah, yeah, really, because it's, it's fucking crazy. And if you don't know what a snuff film is, you're going to learn a lot here today. But basically what a snuff film is, is... I don't know what it stands for. Do you know what it like, stands for? Snuff is to take someone's Oh, life. fuck, I'm so stupid. That's like the actual word. It doesn't stand for anything. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, he became fascinated with a video that started circulating online called Three Guys, One Hammer. Like I said, please, for the sake of my soul, don't look it up. Don't even... Don't even Google it. Read it on Wikipedia. Don't watch the video. It'll fuck you up for life. I'm telling you that from personal experience. Basically, it was three Russian, well, four technically, counting the guy that was putting the camera, um, Russian men who savagely beat to death a uh, man on film. And I don't actually remember how that was released, and we'll get into it in detail once we do the research for that case because that is one of the cases I want to cover because they are a fucked up, entity of their own uh, and I think that well I know because that, that's what it was reported that Luca saw this video realized the fame it brought these people fame in heavy quotes did go viral a lot of people saw it infamy and it, yeah infamy it's really a word that will come up here a whole shit ton basically he saw this video and realized the buzz it was creating as Matt touched on he was so dead set on becoming famous for whatever he wanted to be on these reality tv shows he wanted to be known he wanted to be famous and he didn't give a fuck what for he wanted honestly. to be an internet personality he wanted to be a tv personality he wanted to have a modeling wouldn't career. you say that he's a narcissist then like he's just obsessed so. with himself i might even say he had multiple personality disorder if honestly I were, you know and again we're not clinical psychologists <laughs> we're just going based on our we just like to read so yeah. we're not clinical psychologists please don't but anybody... if you are please Please input. Please yeah. send us input. Send if us you, to somebody who is so we yes, can determine it. Please send us that. But basically, so after he saw the how viral this unfortunate video went, he, in 2010 and 2011, decided that he was going to hype and make his own snuff film videos. Started as, as the McDonald triad says, you know, one of the main hints at someone who's going to start murdering people is someone who commits crimes against innocent animals. And that is absolutely what Luca Magnata started to do. Before he committed the murder that we're going to talk about that fueled us, you know, doing this case, he posted three online cat killing videos where he killed kittens. We're not going to play any of the audio. And like I said, I do not suggest you look up these videos. They're horrific. I didn't see them personally because I cannot deal with animals dying. I can't deal with people dying, like in real life <laughs> on video. And I can't deal with animals dying in any capacity. Even in movies, I get fucked up. It kills me inside. I don't know if you're the same way, but it's... No. I don't know what it is, dude. I can watch people get ripped to shreds in Saw, but I cannot watch, like, Bambi's mom get shot, and that's Marley a cartoon. And me got ah, no! But so basically, these two videos, I'll just describe them really briefly. I don't want to get into them because, trigger warning here, it is regarding kittens perishing for this man's sick, twisted mind profit i guess because you know i don't think he ever would make i don't think snuff filmmakers make money off of their videos basically the first video 
Uh, I don't remember what he titled it, but his titles, as we'll go over, were very important to his whole thing because the three guys, one hammer, got people's attention. People saw the disgusting video, Two Girls, One Cup, which is not... I would, is that considered a snuff film? Because it's just gross? Or is it just considered a no, gross video? Gross. Yeah. So I think that Three Guys, One Hammer was a play on that. And so Luca saw that these titles, you know, are clickbait. They get people's attention. They make them click. What is this video? It still happens to this day, even for simple videos. You know, there's always clickbait going on. So the first video, he puts two kittens in a bag in a plastic bag and sucks the air out of them with a vacuum. And in that video, you can see Luca, he's in it. He just has his face partially covered. And, and it said in reports that, like I said, I didn't see this, but I've read a lot and I've listened to a lot of other podcasts who touched on this and done my own research. And he had this thing where in his videos, he would conceal himself just enough where you would know it was him because he wanted you to know it was him, but also would hide himself enough. So you, it would raise doubt. Because that's the whole thing. He, he wanted to not, you can't nail it on the head, but you can see him just enough to know that he's the one behind it because he's a sick motherfucker. Yet another narcissistic trait. Yes, isn't, motherfucker is crazy. So the second video he released is just, it's just, it's an, a lot, man. It's, so he killed those two kittens in the plastic bag and then he proceeded to post about you know, hyping up the videos on his 70-plus accounts. He posted a video called Python's Christmas. That video, makes me sick again, was Luca playing with his own kitten on a, on a bed with a Santa hat on, and he ends up feeding that kitten on camera to a python while little drummer boy plays in the background. He was big on putting music that is standout-ish in his, in his videos, that was also another trademark that I'm sure Matt might touch on with the songs that he choose, chooses to play in his videos because they are very, like, happy or seasonal songs, but then the fucking acts are horrible. Gorsese liked to use, likes to use... Happy music, too? Music in films to create effect. Yeah. And I read a bio of Luca that said he watched a lot of movies, was into a lot of violent films, so good fellas. That's probably where he came from. I mean... I don't know necessarily, but I think that music is a great way to set a tone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever he was going for with Little yeah. Drummer Boy, I would psychoanalyze and say yeah. he was trying to make people feel as weirded out by that as he possibly could. Oh, absolutely. There is no association with that. Yeah. And a python killing a kitten. Innocent oh, kitten. Oh my gosh. His own kitten. So he hiked these videos on his own accounts. He would talk them up. He would advertise like, oh, he would act like he was a bystander just hearing about it. He would be like, oh, did you, did you hear? I don't want any links to the videos, but did you hear about this, this, this lunatic killing a kitten or feeding the kitten to a python? Like he would comment on his own stuff as different people trying to hype up these videos, create that viral effect before he'd even post the videos. Posted and, it to a neo-Nazi website yeah. from an anonymous account yeah. and said, somebody share this for dramatic effect or something of that yeah. nature Ugh. and it was taken down because the site found it too graphic which is some saying something if yeah you have a, a neo-nazi group taking down your posts he had to all these videos and like we said the mcdonald triad a mcdonald triad with you know bedwetting i don't know about that burning things i don't know about that but killing animals is a really big indicator that you are going to move on to bigger and worse crimes and i know he attracted a a uh, animal welfare group 
in these videos who actively, after these two videos were released, tried to hunt him down. I'm really sad that they weren't successful at first, but I do believe they had some hand in tracking him down for later, what, what Matt's going to touch on here in a second. He definitely showed the traits of, a, of everything, really. I think he's just... Want like the worst of the worst, like I would most call disgusting. what I would ultimately call what his ailment was metapsychosis. What does that mean? Can you describe that for the viewers? I don't sure. Know so metapsychosis, meta means not quite all the way, partially, some of. So he wasn't fully psychotic in the sense that at times he would lapse into that. And I think when we touch on what he did to Justin Lin, you'll see why that is. But he also was organized, and he also was careful, and he was able to escape and do a lot of other things that most people can't normally do if they're under a psychotic break. But I also believe that to do what you have, I don't know, I mean, to do what he did to this man, I think you'd have to be in some form of a psychotic break. And that's why I would ultimately think that it's metapsychosis. He's not fully psychotic. Most people who are fully psychotic or in a full psychotic break are unable to control their lashing out and typically will lash out at anything that gets in their way and is part of the problem for them or whatever it is that they perceive to be their issue at the moment so I think Luca Magnata was not quite there he found a way to evade authorities he found a way to post all of this online evading authorities and he found a way to create multiple places for himself to ventilate his opinions and his thoughts and clearly did that pretty well he navigated the internet very well yeah so i believe that he must have been in a psychotic break but also was capable and organized and had and it didn't help that he was also clearly a sociopath and a narcissist or some kind of fucking i think he was definitely a narcissist and had multiple personality disorder as well Oh, for sure so to get into though the wildness of this case um just to preempt what matt's about to say i talk about here just to show you a little bit how even more how wild this case is and how like matt said the disassociated disorder is that what it's called disassociative disassociative disorder yeah disassociative disorder basically on may 15th um in 2012 luca would post on his accounts his multiple accounts it isn't stated exactly which ones he on May 15th, he posted a picture of himself wearing a purple hoodie, and he was holding an ice pick in his hand. And in the picture, it says, there's apparently a video circulating around the deep web called One Lunatic, One Ice Pick Video. Does anyone have a copy of it? And then another one of his 70 accounts posted on May 16th, and this was on, like Matt said, he would go on forums. So he went on Nazi forums, psychiatric forums, and on the psychiatric forum on May 16th, he posted a thread under the pseudonym Anonymous Girl 4, and it says, Firstly, don't worry, I am not posting graphic details or links to the video. I am just curious as to what would possess someone to do this sort of crime. There is a video of a guy around age 20 from San Francisco. He apparently made a real snuff film that depict cannibalism, necrophilia, and along with the murder. I'm doing research on this, and I would very much, very as all caps, I wanted to add the dramatic effect, is very much appreciate any and all the advice and help you could give me. Is he a psychopath or antisocial or what? 
I know we don't have a lot of details, but based on the crime itself, thanks in advance. Keep in mind, this is him writing about himself. Before he commits a murder. the ultimate act. He's right. literally hyping up what he's going to do, describing what he's planning on doing. There's one more thing I want to touch on before I let give this the reins to Matt here. So the in advance is what the prosecution later stuck on because it was the key. Uh, how would anyone but Luca know that the Grizzly videos named the exact name that he named the video, uh, let alone its details, before it was even made. So ad online ads were posted even before Luca shot the opening scenes of the dismemberment video, and he was garnishing a small electric saw in hand as he straddled the sleeping naked body of a still unidentified young man who was bound at the feet. And those scenes were shot May 18th through the 19th, 2012, which was about a week before we get into... June? It's J-U-N. How do you say that? Lin-Yun. Lin-Yun, yeah. Um, before we get into that. So the fact that sticks with me is that no one saw this shit. I mean, I guess no one could take it seriously. Nothing came of it exactly. well, at that moment. But, like, That's do you think if you saw... That's one of the troubles of the internet. You know? I mean, I know both of us have seen some crazy shit on the internet, but do you think if you saw you know, someone hyping this crazy video that you would just blow it off because the internet's wild? Or do you think you'd be like, wait a minute, this is... I mean, the internet's such a place where you can hide your identity. I was going to say, can I be honest with you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I delete a lot of emails. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think we all do. We get a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Who doesn't think, oh, this is garbage? But then stuff happens like this and we see, wow, that could really be... It could have and we were talking about this a little bit before when we were going over these case notes, guys. The dark web makes up about 80% of the Internet's capacity. So that is a very, very large portion of the Internet that we don't have access to without having a torrent site to go through. And a lot of these things get posted and shared through sites that we don't even know about until they're posted or exposed or taken down by somebody that is either a government entity or is a warning label, you know, like one of these um, activist groups that come out and say that we need to remove these people from the internet. And it's so hard to take down things from the dark web because they use the IP anonymizer, uh, automizer, how do you say it? Automizer. Uh, automizer, is that mm -hmm. how you say it? I suck at the English language here. But they, it's, it's hard to track down these videos because it scrambles where it came from. So it, that's the way the torrent sites work. And as we continue, please keep in mind, this person must, we believe, have been in a metapsychotic break, at least in a psychotic break at this point. He I had, feel like everyone who commits murder, and any, like, I don't know, do you, before we go on real quick, do you believe that? I'm, no, I'm I, curious. I, not everybody, because there's calculated murders. Do you people. think, like, people, like, really, like, don't... I feel like you have to have some kind of snap with, like, reality to What about kill. a soldier? What about a person who's facing life-and-death situation? But, like, soldiers are trained to be disassociated with what they're doing, aren't they? Yeah, but you can train yourself anything, I yeah. guess. I mean, if you want, you can watch enough snuff films and be... Let us know what you guys think. I'm curious. Do you think you have to have some kind of mental break to snap and murder someone or kill someone or even... I don't know. I'm Maybe someone <laughs> you don't know on a whim. Someone yeah. you don't know on a whim, I would say yes. But I also think you can calculate it and plan it and manipulate things to go your way. 
And in that sense, no, I don't think yeah. you have to have a mental break. You You're can right. make it happen that way. And I guess some murders you get off by the whole murder itself. But, like, I can't even kill bugs, so I guess I'm not one to talk because I can't, like, oh. I don't agree with anything dying. But go on, Matt, sorry to interrupt. Oh, no problem. That's a really interesting topic to bring up. I hope we get some feedback on that, actually. Um, so he had a dog with him. He um, was using a kitchen knife, a uh, butcher's kitchen knife, to cut pieces off the body. He allowed the dog to bite and dismember the body itself. And meanwhile, keep in mind, this is all being played out. The graphic nature of all this is being captured on video and then was posted on bestscore.com. Which, don't go on this site. I don't, yeah, does it still no. exist? Probably. I don't even know. I don't it, know. I didn't want to look it up. But we encourage everybody to stay away from And we're them. not, like, saying this case to pique interest and have those, oh, like, soldier people go, like, the tough kids go look it up. Yeah. Like, no, like, we're very serious. Like, don't look it up. It's fucked up. It's, it's very, disgusting. And can lead to some serious trouble with people who monitor yeah, these things. Yeah, absolutely. So, That's a really good point. Yeah, I didn't even think absolutely. to just that this can actually get you in legal trouble as right. well, doing this kind of stuff. So this is where it starts to get a little fucked up. We really a need little. to keep in mind. Yeah, it's, it's already been pretty pretty messed up. Um, Just a little. So he's dismembered the body at this point, cut it up into multiple pieces, and he started packaging and shipping these body parts, sending them to different places in Canada. He sent them to a leftist government headquarters, uh, like, like a campaign capital. headquarters. Yeah, 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 he sent it to the capital. He sent it to a school. A school. Oh, he sent it to a friend. He sent it to multiple places. I mean, he had dismembered this body. Now, keep in mind, Lynn was missing for three days, and then this video was discovered on May 25th. Now, I bring that up again because until this guy's body parts showed up, nobody really knew where he was, and even then, nobody knew who it was that had done it or where it had been sent. Now, all the while, Luca Magnata is still living, walking around, enjoying his freedom. And hyping the video. And hyping the video from one of his multiple multiple social media personalities, personas. Uh, as we said, 70 plus, so we think he must have suffered from some sort of dissociative or multiple Seriously, personality disorder. I think disorder. it has to be some kind of multiple person, because he had full-blown conversations with himself yeah. across these accounts. Yep. So it's like, does he is he really that, like, oh, I'm going to get popular, or does he really, like, start to believe that he's taken on the role of the person he's pretending to be? We can't know. That's the thing. We should write him a letter. No, I don't even want to open that. I don't even want to go into that. That would be a terrible person to be in contact with. The shocking details of the case made headlines around the world. Police launched an international manhunt to find Luca Magnata, who had recorded parts of the killing and dismemberment. He posted that video online, then elaborately wrapped up body parts and sent them across the country. It took police a little over a week to track him down to a Berlin internet cafe where he was arrested. Those facts were never in doubt. Magnata admitted to all of it, but he pleaded not guilty due to mental illness. His lawyer filed thousands of pages of medical records and called numerous experts to prove Magnata was in a psychotic state when he killed Lynn. I have seen up close his insanity. He suffers, as the experts have said, from schizophrenia and personality disorder. 
But in the end, the jury rejected that theory and sided with the Crown, who argued an attention-seeking Magnata planned the crime months in advance. The prosecutor said his case was strong, helped by the fact Magnata chose not to testify. He was put in the position of having to establish that he was suffering at the time of the offense of that mental disorder. And if he did not take the stand, well, he took the chance that the, the uh, jury would be left with uh, very little to ponder on this, on this matter. But anyway, so Luca Magnata actually became a suspect based on a surveillance video, ironically enough, mm -hmm. of him dumping bags filled with who knows what but full bulky trash bags outside of this of his apartment in an alley. So that became a little bit suspicious and the neighbor actually called and that was the means for a warrant and a manhunt began after his place was searched. Weren't there like bloody things in one of the bags or something that they, yeah, they looked think, into? Yeah, they looked into the bag and when they searched his place that's when they found didn't he, like, not clean up at all? No, not at all, basically. They found traces of blood. They found DNA-matched evidence that was with Justin Lin after they discovered who that was. They found out whose blood that was. Um, and it became national and international news that there was a possible serial killer and at least vicious killer on the loose. And this manhunt spanned multiple continents and spanned several weeks yes. he ultimately fled canada went to paris because he had like matt said before he had multiple passports under different right. names he had multiple like credit cards and he was like the ultimate scam artist really he like, really was scam psychopath and his whole persona was built around the fact that he could manipulate people and he could bring a lot of light to people and at the same time he would get famous from promoting himself he just wanted that infamy that's all he, well he wanted fame and right. he couldn't get that so he decided to go through the seven layers of hell what is it nine layers of hell or seven layers of hell how many layers are in hell i hope i never find out <laughs> you're right but Whatever, how i many think he wanted to be that organic rooted i made myself and here i am now look what i've become and when he realized he wasn't that talented, it was, what can I do to make yeah, people Yeah, shut the fuck shocked. down by actual television networks. Yeah, he wanted to shock people, ultimately. I think yeah. that's what it was. Well, it was crazy, too. Like, Matt said there was surveillance video, and that's how they connected him to this crime. And there was also surveillance, which is really sad to watch now, knowing the crime that had been committed of Luca actually walking into his apartment complex with Mr. Lin. And, right. Uh, that was discovered a well, bit later, I believe. I'll see if I can post that on our Instagram and you guys can take a look. It's not graphic or anything crazy. I'm not going to lead you down that wormhole, but it is really sad knowing now, like before, if you were just watching the surveillance video, not knowing the case, you'd be like, what? Who cares? Like, what is this? They're just walking into the building. Right. But knowing that this man's not going to walk back out of the building is is horrifyingly sad. It's disturbing. And it, that's why that particular surveillance video is sad. And I think that's where they got the face of Luca connected with that man because they realized that that was the man in the garbage bags in the first surveillance video. Exactly. And the body parts that were sent to the multiple places. And that's important because that was then sent and circulated to Interpol who found him in Berlin based on an uh, anonymous tip, I believe it was, they said, yeah, right? Yeah, someone... So this is... This shows how fucking crazy he is. He was caught by someone in an internet cafe yes. who recognized him. Guess what he was doing when he was arrested, Matt? 
watching a video of himself. Yeah, he was Googling himself. Yep. He was looking at images of himself. He was Googling, you know, the, the chaos that he created. He was Googling the case. Luca Rocco Magnotta made no attempt to disguise his identity when he walked into an internet cafe in Berlin just before noon on Monday. Kadir Anlaisli, who was working behind the counter, said he recognized him as soon as he took his sunglasses off. He came in and said, Monsieur, Internet? I said, okay, 25. And that was it, really. I know him from somewhere, I thought. He's well-known somehow because I read a lot. I looked in the papers and said, that's him, who they're looking for, the porno killer. The employee said he noticed the man was reading stories about the case online without seeming to care whether anyone could see him. The employee then called police, uh, flagged down a police convoy that was passing. They came in here, arrested him. He tried to give a false name, but in the end, when he knew the game was up, he said, okay, you've got me. The arrest follows a massive international manhunt. Manyota is suspected of having killed his boyfriend, 33-year-old Chinese national Yun Lin, and dismembered his body, sending severed body parts to various political party headquarters across Canada. The killer also videotaped the murder and abuse of the corpse and posted the 10-minute recording online. Canadian police say the investigation is far from over. The investigation has brought us to the suspect. Now we'll get all kind of other questions uh, beside that. Canada. A self-proclaimed porn star, stripper and escort, Magneto seemed to seek out publicity. So he was a narcissist, we can almost guarantee from that Is alone. that not the craziest thing in the whole world? I can't even Google his name without wanting to throw up. Truly sick. And um, he really had multiple problems, we believe. But... Yeah, so he was after please three weeks. Please, someone weigh into that. That is yeah, actual like, clinical yeah, psychologist. Please find somebody that can give us a diagnosis on this guy. It's not just based on a bunch of red, <laughs> yeah. you know, red, red material. And assumptions. Um, but he was ultimately after a three week a three week manhunt was extradited to Canada to face charges for first degree murder in June of 2012. So that was. After about a month or so of having killed Justin Lin, he was on the run, circulating more videos, keeping himself in the news, and then became ultimately a prisoner in Germany and uh, was extradited to Canada. So let's get on with the trial itself. Um, really quickly, before the trial began, there were some pretrial motions that caused some tensions actually between the Chinese and Canadian governments because of the racial relations of this crime. And a lot of what he had said online, like we said, he was affiliated with a few online hate groups, was brought to light. And he was charged with several different crimes, but a couple of them included hate crimes because of the fact that he was clearly had evidence of being anti-Asian people and had chosen Justin Lin because of his ethnic, ethnic background, his heritage. So that's a little something we'd like to mention as well. You know, there's another weird factor to this case that he also was maybe racially motivated on top yeah. of being psychotic. So who knows what that said, be. This might be something that people are wondering. I remember in my research um, looking when I first heard about this case, it was said there, there's multiple reports that um, Lynn was just, I'm just going to call him Justin because I'm horrible at, pronunciations and that's what he went by right. 
But it was there was multiple mis misreported reports. What's it called? Mis not that's not true. Not disinformation. Yeah, there was a lot of misinformation um, on the reports when this broke. They said that they were a couple and they were not. What happened was Luca posted an ad about needing an actor. But if the they were not dating, around. they were. He answered an ad that Luca had put up about starring in a in a video, and and obviously it was like a normal video. Like they it was advertised as going to be a normal video, right? You know, just hanging. So that actually caused some problems, as we said, between the Chinese and Canadian governments because there was some issues of whether or not he would be brought up on trial for hate crimes, and he was ultimately, but. A lot of the pretrial motions indicated that he may not face the death penalty, may not face first-degree murder charges um, because of his mental state and because of that the graphic like nature of the crime. That's like we're to make a whole episode about Matt. We will. We'll have to get into that because it is obviously a major factor in a lot of these cases. Uh, but he was ultimately charged after probably some pressure from the Canadian government as well, was charged with five different crimes ultimately the chief among them being first degree murder dismemberment of a body which is probably the worst and harassment of the canadian prime minister which i laugh at i have to chuckle because he sent a body part part to the canadian prime minister's office it was a foot um which is just so fucked up but it's also kind of like wow this guy was really ballsy that he took time to do that um, and send it to a, the equivalent of the president in Canada, which is kind of funny. Uh, I wonder not how funny, he, but like, a little fucked up. Do you think he picked the people he sent it to thinking that that would cause the most outrage, or do you think he had something against the government to prompt that, or both? Uh, both. I would think he ultimately had some sort of anti-government, anti-establishment, capacity feelings towards I don't know just specifically the Canadian government or the governments of civilized people in general because this guy had some serious issues with authority obviously Um, but anyway so when the trial ultimately did proceed he pled not guilty due to diminished mental capacity Uh, what he tried to claim he had and there was some evidence to back this up obviously and he had seen a psychologist and a psychiatrist for several years he pled not guilty though based on having bipolar and multiple personality disorder antisocial personality disorder paranoid schizophrenia and narcissistic personality disorder among several other things so he basically filed and said that he had every possible mental illness. <laughs> Which I kind of believe. I've, we've been saying it ad <laughs> yeah. nauseum throughout this podcast is that who knows what this guy had because there's a lot going on here. I think a metapsychotic was the most obvious because he's organized. He was clearly pretty intelligent, but wow, was he Very sick. organized. Yeah. If he preemptively posted ads and hyped up videos, he clearly was very very much planning. He even described what he was going to be doing in the videos in these posts. Um, and like I said to Matt, I want to do a whole episode on this and it, it may piss people off, but I really am interested because as Matt said, it has a lot to do with crimes. But for this case, just this case, we are only talking about this case and I want to make that clear before we keep going into the trial, just as we're on the subject of what he claimed to have wrong with him. His mental state. Um, 
Matt, I'm curious on your opinion on this. Just for this case, like I said, we're not talking about every case with, um, you know, mental illness involved or, you know, per, uh, proposed mental illness involved. But do you think, dun, 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 and do you guys at home think that mental illness, regardless of the mental, well, I guess it depends on the mental illness to answer the question, but in this bad. case, all those ones that he just listed that Luca claimed that he was, and I believe he is as well, do you think that should negate murder? Murder, not not other petty crime, murder. That's what diminished mental capacity argues. That I know. But at the time of the crime, the person wasn't able to rationalize what they were doing was right and wrong. I do believe that that should negate murder if it can be proven to really? be... Really? Yes. See, I don't. See, this is where we're going to disagree because I think... I don't give a fuck if you were asleep, if you were in a hole, if you took out your soul and put it in someone else's body for the week. If you kill someone, like, think about it in your family. Like, if some fucking mental, But the you two know, things you just mentioned don't happen. You can't put your soul in someone else's body, and very rarely has someone killed anyone in their sleep. We're talking about people that actually do suffer well, from mental illness. Well, with mental illness, illness that snap and, and didn't get the help that they Or maybe under a duress that's beyond anything we can comprehend, and the stress but of that, that makes them snap murder? Because I know there's cases that we're going to cover on this, because I'm obsessed with some of these cases... Well, that they get off because of that. They're right. walking the streets. I don't want to get too heavily into that until we focus on that full yeah. whole case. But let me just... In, and I, I'll bring it up again at the <laughs> yeah. end of this one. just when, for this case. When we ask about eye for an eye, was this fair? I will bring this up again, but I want to just ask you this, okay? Because oh, no. here's, here's how I thought about this and whether or not I thought how I would sentence this guy. Imagine if you walked in the room and he was doing something like this no! to somebody you knew. How would you treat that? I'd probably or, murder him. Yeah, you'd probably do the same thing. In that moment, do you think you should be held responsible for having done what you did to that person? I hate you for this question, <laughs> Matt. That's why I'm here. That's Matt. why I'm here. Why did you have to phrase it like that? Because you have to take it from that perspective to truly understand, I believe. And I don't know how I would react in that moment. I'm fight or flight. I know which one I am. You don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> yeah, I think I do too. <laughs> it's just a matter of I think I'm flight. I've never really instinct. been in a situation, though, where I've had to... Well, little baby ones, but that's a fucked up question, Matt. I hate that question, but I want everyone at home I who's know, listening to this to answer that right the fuck now. See, Go on that's our Facebook, why this is such an interesting right case. now, and right. let me know the answer to that question because I can't like. I think it's one of those cases where you don't know what you like. Even in self def any case, really, you don't know what you're gonna do until you're in that person's shoes. Exactly. But that's a but being held. I hate the second part of that question. I know. Because I know what I would do if I walked in and this was happening to someone I loved. That's the point. But it's like, I don't it, know. It's tough to say, oh, I know what I'd do. Couldn't you swing that as like Yeah, I'd, I'd blow that dude away. If I had a thirty-eight, or if I had my bare hands, I'd strangle him. No question. All right, great. But then the police show up and they put you in cuffs. They should, right? Uh, no. No, no, they should let you go home. <laughs> They should let you go home. But Matt, you're protecting your loved one on the... Well, he's already dead, but like, you know, fuck that question. Ah, it's a terrible thing. Oh, wait, that's I why that diminished. Question. That's why diminished mental it. capacity has been argued over in the Supreme Court and in so many smaller cases throughout 
every circuit for years. That question's gonna fuck me up for the be- rest of my life. Because it really will. It'll it'll toy with your mind, you know. And the problem is, here's where again I'd like to break away from it. And the last thing I'll say is, where do we draw the line at? Who's telling the truth? Stop it today. Right. All right. We're it's gonna have getting into it now. We gotta all talk right, but more. But let's go back. Let's to get the back days. to this. So, all sorry right. for the derail, but that's a really. You need to answer that right now. If yeah. You're let's get and you're not to typing, that. Please. You're doing something wrong. We want some info from you guys on that. But anyway, so let's Love let's get back question. to this. So Luca, after having had his attorney declare that he was under diminished mental capacity for all of these different things, again, I'll just read off the litany one more time. <laughs> Bipolar personality disorder. Antisocial personality disorder, and dissociative personality disorder, paranoid schizophrenia, narcissistic personality disorder, and ultimately, I think psychosis, metapsychosis. Uh, it became apparent that that was going to be his only line of defense was that he had not been of mind, sound mind and body at the time. He did not testify at his own trial. Most defendants don't probably good advice from his attorney his attorney did speak on his behalf however and read some of his medical history which did raise some sympathy from the jury from what I understand when I read the deposition uh, it kind of gave me a little bit more insight onto what he really expected he thought that he was going to get off because people would feel bad for him (laughs) what a lunatic exactly he was truly insane He, he even titled his video one lunatic one ice pick right he called that shit Exactly. When he knew in his mind, I think, that what he'd done was wrong. But he wanted to be famous. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. I think he wanted to be famous. I think he was so obsessed with, consumed with wanting to be If he pled guilty, he would have gone away. If he pleads not guilty and he gets to play all this out over a trial period, Uh, it's more notoriety for him. So I think he absolutely did. I think the only thing that might not hold that fact up would be the fact that he didn't testify himself but he also could have hung himself on cross which god i would have loved five minutes alone in a witness room with that dude um so anyways i wouldn't even want to be in the same like i wouldn't even want to see him in person right exactly i so, can't even look at him via video i know it's despicable but um several expert witnesses actually did testify on his behalf to say that he had had schizophrenia since the age of 15 uh which could be backed up by medical records, medication that he was taking, appointments that he'd had with a psychiatrist and like, with um, a psychologist. There's so much so. premeditation here. Yeah, there really is. There's so much to there's back no it up. There's no way he was broken from reality that entire motherfucking, like for six years straight. Right. And it became sort of a wishy-washy trial because oftentimes when you get down to opposing expert witnesses clashing expert witness testimonies will offset the other because if psychiatric evidence from a clinician hasn't been approved and verified it's really tough for that to become admissible as evidence so you need somebody to say for you one way or the other that yes that's the case and without a doubt it can't be refuted but very often as we say when there are two clashing experts one could say that symptoms are evidence of a diagnosis one could say that the symptoms are evidence of another diagnosis then it's nothing like that and that it's just a pill to help out uh, so we never really know but it's it's a like they say in the field it's a uh, it's an ever-changing tapestry so after um, after several days of testimony 
uh, and his attorney bringing several people up to ask whether or not they thought he could have been capable of it. Uh, and some of the witnesses, from what I understand, gave sort of backwashy testimony. They didn't really give too much in support of him. It was more like, well, yeah, I've known him a long time, and he's always been... Obsessed with himself. Yeah, kind of like that, but not like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't think he would do this. Exactly. Uh, but essentially, from what we understand, the prosecution had a lot of evidence to insist that he had killed him. There was fingerprints in the apartment, surveillance video, multiple multiple strands of hair, DNA, fibers, blood samples of Justin Lin in the apartment that Luca Magnata had occupied for almost a year. He left the country clearly was evidence that he knew what he was doing and wanted Which, to like, leave. How? This is after 2001. That's what I mean. This is after 9-11. How in the world well, was he able to with just With credit, with an ID, a passport, how much does it take to get... face? Well, I guess he had, probably had his own picture on this stuff, but holy shit. Like, you would think, like, now no one would even dare to go into an airport. Right. You'd think it would be an almost okay. impassable barrier. Canadian airports are the same as U.S. now with Absolutely. the Absolutely. Security is, especially in a major city. Yep. Mate, they fucking crazy as hell. So, <laughs> yeah, truly crazy. Truly crazy. Um, so, after eight days... Of jury deliberation and the trial lasted several weeks like 11 or so weeks I believe. 11 weeks I believe it was yeah so several months I guess we could say but it was um, it was actually a relatively long jury deliberation eight but, days mind you they had to watch the video they did which makes me sick to my whole stomach right Those people are the jury had to life. see the video to from from what I understand I believe it was the defense's motion to, that got that in and then after the fact they asked for a continuance because it had disturbed the defendant too much is what we read correct? yep yeah so uh that's what oh, his lawyer said yeah speaking of the lawyer let's just uh, throw in a little blurb here it's a little tidbit about this guy so he had kind of what like a meltdown during the trial yeah, several so times his lawyer um his name was luke leclerc uh, I think that's how you say it. it's L U C. Leclerc, yeah. So this might even have been maybe a ploy, but let's just think of it like from that angle and go ahead with that. You imagine trying to defend this motherfucker? No, that's what I mean. Uh, well, this clearly this guy didn't know how to do it either, because so he was a 32 year old Toronto native, and on the first day of trial, he admitted um, the Luca admitted the physical part of the charges he faced, but obviously through his lawyer, as Matt touched on, he alleged major mental illness, and so. Um, his lawyer. So his lawyer uh, was a is a bilingual lawyer um, who was based in Toronto, and he was regularly late arriving in court. And he often couldn't or wouldn't say why he was objecting to something. Was openly defiant with the judge, and even once told the judge, "If your honor is going to take that attitude, I'm going to stop right now and demand a mistrial." So he had some sort of attitude problem. And another time during the trial, Mr. Leclerc complained that in quotes, to do this case with the budget I've been given is ridiculous and suggested the judge had, in quotes, never done a murder, murder trial on legal aid. Because clearly this guy knew he was being underpaid for the bullshit he had to go through with fucking Luca in court. In October, Mr. LeClaire had an utter meltdown and basically what had happened is the judge denied one of his objections, again, because he wasn't making any sense for why he was objecting things and he would not give reasoning. 
But he snapped back, the lawyer snapped back, and said, I need a break. And then he complained that he can't stand here being cross-examined, and he didn't feel well, and finally demanded time so he could go for a walk. And so the judge, you know, clearly he knows that this, this lawyer was dealing with some shit with Luca. He understood that the uh, retainer was exacting and demanding, but that is what a trial is all about. So he's basically saying, you're a lawyer, you signed up for this shit, this is what you're going to have to deal with, sorry about it. So Mr. Leclerc was so unresponsive about what was wrong when the judge would ask him what's going on. When the judge asked him if he he had any doubts about his ability to continue to represent Luca, other people in the room reported that they thought the judge was having a seizure. The trial dragged on for about 11 weeks, we said, and Mr. Leclerc said it he felt like the trial moved so fast that he was on the train a grand vitesse between Paris and Lyon, which is like one of the fastest trains, and I probably fucked up that. Vitesse. Vitesse. Yeah, sorry. I believe. Train a grand vitesse between Paris and Lyon? Whatever. Lyon. And he said there was never a pause. So basically, and what Matt was saying is after the jurors had to view the dismemberment video, Mr. Leclerc asked for an extra day off, claiming that the viewing was extremely difficult for Mr. Magnata. Clearly, his lawyer was even having a mental breakdown trying to deal with this psychopath and the case and clearly wasn't being... I don't think there's any money in the world that could get someone to represent this guy feeling like they're standing on two feet, that they have a good case. Clearly, he knew from day one, stage one, that Luca was a mess. and Kind of off his rocker a little bit. A lot of it, yeah. And apparently this trial really did affect the lawyer. He, he went a little, a little wild himself. I think it might have been a ploy to some degree. You think? Yeah, I mean, I think he knew he wasn't going to win this case outright. Yeah. I mean, this guy had clearly... Was he, like I said, does that mean he was appointed by the state then if he was doing it? Pro bono. It doesn't say pro bono, but it says, is that what that means? Like pro bono he was doing means just it, for um, free. On and legal aid? Would no. that be the same? Because Legal what they aid said. would he mean was, he was appointed by the state. Okay, yeah, so he was his lawyer appointed by the Can you fucking imagine being appointed this case? No. But it would bring your, your shit into the light, that's for sure, because it's got a lot of media attention, which pisses me off because that's what this motherfucker wanted. So that's a little bit about his lawyer. <laughs> Just a little side, but yeah, I mean. But it's important. I mean, I think it's all part of the show, man. The show that this motherfucker was putting on this entire time. And I do think, I agree now that I think about that part of it was a show. To kind of take the focus off of the trial and put it onto the lawyer's mental breakdown himself. But I also think part of it was dealing with the psychopath himself, Luca. I mean, again, we don't know that he's a like actual psychopath I'm not a therapist or a psychoanalysis but that's what I think so I think he was a metapsychotic I'll say it again I <laughs> truly think he was halfway there and was just not sure which side of the line he wanted to fall on at yeah. any given time uh, but after 8 days of jury deliberation and 11 weeks of trial which cost us one lawyer um <laughs> Luca was found guilty. <laughs> I'd like and, to talk to the lawyer now. Yeah, I know. I'd like to get his in, his input. He was found guilty on all five charges, and he was sentenced to life in prison, plus an additional 19 years for the graphic nature of the crime. He is eligible for parole in what? 25 years, what? See, though. why does that even happen? Uh, I don't yeah. get it. Is I that don't like understand. something that has to happen? I just don't understand. It's all part of the negotiation and his sentencing. 
if parole is a possibility. Sometimes it's life without the possibility of parole. Maybe they think he could be rehabilitated. I hate to even say that word because I don't believe he can. But he was found guilty, sentenced to life in prison, plus an additional 19 years for, as we said, the graphic nature of the crimes. It was, as the judge believed, to be that much of an overkill. Uh, yeah. Which I think we can say we all was agree very on true. There. So, during let's... the trial, real quick though, it says he was put in um, a cavernous prisoner's box, and I just looked up what that was because I was curious. Cavernous. Cavernous. I fucking suck. A cavernous prisoner's box. And during trial, which is normally reserved for gang trials. Mm-hmm. So he was, like, literally in a cage during the trial. And he, they said that during the trial, when the jurors were there, he would have his head, like, bent between his knees. Barely, you could barely see him. He was very quiet, very meek. But the second the jurors left the room, he'd pop up, they said, like a groundhog, and start talking to the security guards, asked to talk to his lawyer through the phone thing connected to his cage because <laughs> he's a fucking animal. And uh, I just thought that was interesting that he, like, put on this act of, like, a sullen, but then the second the last juror would leave the room, he'd pop up. And that shows you that motherfucker is calculated. He knew what he was doing. And I think the jury saw right through that. Like, I just, that has to be, oh, I just don't even fucking get it. But, yeah, so he was, he was sentenced. Go on, sorry. Yes, no problem. I just, yeah, I think (laughs) that's interesting. I think after all, the jury saw right through his act, saw right through his attorney's act. Saw right through all the... I don't think that they were lies that he was sick, but I think they they went for the kill, and they knew that he had done what he was accused of having done. so creepy looking. So, let's ask the question. Well, wait, real quick update. The reason why I wanted to do this case for number five is because it did just come back into the news, which, again, does piss me off, yes. because this motherfucker should not be getting any kind of... Like, any kind of coverage, because... I mean, I know we're reporting on him, but this is because we're a crime podcast. But, you know, he wants this kind of coverage. This is what he wants. So, basically, it came out on June 20th, 2017. It broke that, basically, this motherfucker, that Luca um, is actually getting married. Now, the way this happened, which did cause a lot of a lot of uproar, of course, because it's fucking crazy, which we'll get into once we talk about everything after this little bit here basically in june 2015 it was revealed that magnata was looking for a quote-unquote prince charming on a matchmaking website for prisoners his profile was posted on a canadian inmates connect inc if anybody has a login to this website (laughs) we'd love to have it and would love to post fake things on there like oh my god it's so creepy so yeah so he was on this matchmaking website for prisoners which is called canadian inmates connect inc which is a website that tries to hook up lonesome convicts some behind bars for violent offenses like first-degree murder, a.k.a. Luca, with potential companions on the outside. Pass along that login, guys. <laughs> so Luca's profile said, Seeking single white male, 28 to 38 years of age, white and in shape. Uh, was just what the um, founder said Luca wanted his profile to say. And then it goes on to say, One who is loyal, preferably educated, financially and emotionally stable for a long-term committed relationship. If you think you could be my Prince Charming, send me a detailed letter with at least two photos. I'm glad I don't fit any of those criteria. (laughs) (laughs) So the profile... (laughs) You could be his husband. So the profile... I don't fit any of those criteria. I'm not financially or emotionally stable. (laughs) 
Lord knows I'm not in good shape. I wouldn't shape. be if this is who is. If I if me. I wasn't white, I wouldn't fit any of these gosh damn criteria. I know, right? Profile features two images of Luca wearing an unbuttoned white dress shirt. He describes himself on his profile. Oh, he lists he's serving a life sentence, as Matt said, but he lists on this fucking Canadian inmate dating website that his release date is 2037. The fuck? No, it's not. If this motherfucker gets released, I'm going to go to Canada myself. And We're all talk. driving up there to kill him. He, yeah, really. So um, he describes himself as a single white male. He's 33, 5'11", and 175 pounds with dark hair and blue eyes. And he writes, only those I deem compatible will receive a response. He's such a fuck. Like, I just want to kick this guy in the eyes. And he says, serious inquiries only, please. All unsolicited mail will be discarded. And so the girl who created this site, whose name is Melissa Fazina, created about four and a half years prior to this post. So around 2000, I can't do fucking math. Oh my God. Like 2001, maybe she started this. She sent, she said that Magnata sent the information to her through a contact and the application fee is $35 and he sent it via regular mail through someone on the outside because convicts in his prison do not have internet access. And when she got the letter from Luca, she said she was taken aback when she saw his name on the applications. And she said that media reports have suggested Magnata receives a lot of fan mail, which makes me fucking sick. And his grisly crimes obviously included filming a dismemberment, posting the video online, and mailing body parts. And she suspects life has been much quieter for him since he was locked up in federal prison last winter, which was when this was reported. So... She said that she was told Magnata, who has a reputation as an attention seeker, no fucking shit, is not looking for publicity. Bullshit. And she thinks he's just finally looking for a long-term committed partner. Mm. Her website has gotten her a lot of backlash, obviously, because she's a public advocate for prisoners looking for a second chance. And because she, she doesn't discriminate... She ain't running Yeah, because she doesn't discriminate against people who commit violent crimes. People protest her site and think it's disgusting that she would even accept Magnata's application onto the site. And she, her statement on that says, A lot of people will think that he doesn't deserve to be on the website or have access to communication with the outside world. But I still hold the same stance where I believe everybody is equally able to redeem themselves and rehabilitate themselves, and hopefully that will happen with him as well. Apparently, she sent he's, Magnata sent her more info to beef up his profile, including why he joined the website, how he's faring in prison, and how, to explain why he's in prison. He doesn't mention his specific conviction on his profile, but apparently others do. Like, they do say why they're in there. She, she doesn't... Fucking, this is so stupid. She doesn't recommend hiding why they're in jail if they truly want to find love because it looks like they're hiding something. So, yeah, it's just fucking stupid. So, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, but he is slated to get married, apparently, to another person who committed murder himself. Yes. So, they'll never be able to see each other. I don't. I hope fucking not. I don't know how this works. I don't care because this motherfucker should not be allowed to get married. That's my opinion. So let's go into the eye for an eye part of this. Matt, we can really get into this one. Let's do it. All right. So it's right ultimately the end. It's time that we ask our question. Was this a fair sentence? Was an eye for an eye met? Lisa? <laughs> um, no. Fuck no. First of all, fuck this person that runs this inmate bullshit website. First of all, <laughs> I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I can understand it if you like dealt drugs, did a little coke back in the day, and you want to find some love because you got, in my opinion, unfairly incarcerated, depending on the crime, you know, if it's one of those lesser charges. But murders, fuck 
that and fuck you. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. I have a harsh stance on prison systems in general because I believe, like I've probably brought up before and I will bring up again, if you murder someone, fucking you're done. That's it for you in most cases. Recidivism rates are so high. Yeah, exactly. And like, like I said, you take a life, your life should be not always taken, but, you know, your ability to live a carefree you know, non-worrisome, non, non, um, you know, free life should be taken away for sure. In Luca's case, I think, now this is going to sound really fucked up and really harsh, but I always said I would never kill anyone ever, ever, ever. Can't even think, I can't even kill insects, can't even think about killing anything. Makes me sick. I don't like it, even though I love true crime. Absolutely not. No for me. However, people are going to find me so sick when I say this. If I were to ever commit a crime that ended someone's life it would not be a quick thing because if I'm ever that angry or that hateful or that crazy for lack of a better term to commit such a heinous act to end someone's life you better believe they're gonna feel that shit for days you know it's not gonna be I'm not gonna take a gun to your head I'm not going to make it quick. It's going to hurt. And that's the shit that I believe should happen to this motherfucker, to be honest. If we're being honest, I think an eye for an eye should have really played out here. I think we should send him off to one of those countries who still fucking does that kind of stuff. Because I think, I honestly think this motherfucker would find joy out of it. I really do. He's sick. He's sick as hell. And and, and the fact that he's in prison, able to get married able to even post on a website. He's probably loving life. He receives fan mail. This motherfucker's getting everything he wanted. He's still being talked about, which I know we're not helping, but again, this this case with or without us is in the limelight now. And unfortunately, you know, the video is probably going to be stuck on the internet for the rest of eternity because that's how the internet works. It's a black hole. Once you put something out there, it never goes away. Think about that before you send some nudes, ladies. Because once it's out there, it's never fucking going away. But I, I really do, in this case, I'm telling you, I feel like justice was absolutely not served. I feel like it was complete miscarriage of, if, miscarriage of justice. I'm glad he got life in prison, but I think he should have been ripped apart on a public... Not even in public, because he would have loved that. He would have loved to be on display. I think they should have put him on an island and tortured him for like one person on that island torture him for like a year and then maybe kill him maybe maybe leave him alive for a little bit longer just inhumane because this is an animal this is not even an animal an animal deserves exponentially better than what i think he deserves and i don't know why i'm so passionate about this and i think it's because he's just such a fuck like he's just i think he's really disturbed for lack of a better term it's just like he's just such a fuck like he's just so obsessed with himself doesn't seem to have any remorse for the crimes he committed i don't think there was once an apology i don't think he ever addressed the family and he's still fucking doing these narcissistic sociopathic things like posting on a dating site like Bitch, you should not be allowed to breathe, let alone get married. Yep. Let alone get fan mail? Like, fan mail? Fan mail? Fan? The fuck is fan mail? His Who fans? is his fan? Hey, can anybody write me some fan mail? I don't get fan mail. Why is this motherfucker getting fan Who is the f- That's the scary thing. They should look up every person that sends this guy fan mail. And give and- them a psychoanalysis. <laughs> yeah. And take them off the streets, too. I actually know some people. I don't know if they're serious, but when the case broke about him getting married in prison. I saw some posts on my Facebook, actually, that made me really disturbed. I'm not going to call them out by name. I don't really know them personally. They're just like a friend of a friend's. But they were, like, shouting out 
that they loved him too and it just referring to him as boyfriend like it just made me sick and I don't even think it's funny to joke about that with this motherfucker because that's what he wants so for me I think absolutely not an eye for an eye wasn't meant and in this case I think a real eye for an eye should have really happened I think you know let's let's get this guy off this earth because he's he's a waste of society he can give nothing back and I don't I don't agree with this this Melissa girl who makes this website and thinks people like Luca can be um redeemed can be you know can change their life around absolutely not this guy's calculated he's cold he's sick nope for me it's a big n oh for the dumpster fire that is luca magnata what about you matt uh it's a big 10 for from me as well <laughs> yeah fuck this dude honestly i said um multiple things here that i thought were mitigating factors uh was he in a psychotic break during the murder no i don't believe at the entire time he was i think he was at one point but i don't think he was totally psychotic i think evidence of that shows that he cleaned up sort of he was organized methodical filmed everything had a hype movement before this got people in the movement told other people about it via different Facebook posts and listings, and then he ultimately fled the scene and posted a video and continued to hype it up after the fact. Um, so all that, to me, is evidence of a sadistic but very much conscientious killer. He made multiple attempts to conceal his crimes. As you said, Lisa, never at any point was there any apathy or any apology or any concessions that he was wrong, that what he'd done was even... I think he knew it was wrong. I think he didn't want to accept responsibility for it, though. Um, so I do not believe that an eye for an eye was met either. I don't believe Justin Lin was tortured and defiled and his body was raped and there is eaten, eaten beaten. There, There's just no... He did literally every crime you could possibly Yeah, I mean, do. the worst possible things you could imagine he did to this guy. And in my opinion, do the same... Thing right back yes, there. bitch. Yes, we agree. You can I wasn't hear us sure high fiving. No, you can hear us high fiving because honestly, this dude like. I wasn't sure if you. This is one that. of the few people, guys, and I'm an advocate of the death penalty when it's applicable. Not at all times, but it's applicable. I definitely believe it's applicable. This guy is not somebody that I ever want to be walking around again. Certainly not getting married. I think that. Obviously, in some cases... You think uh, he believes he's getting out in 2033? No, I don't, I, I don't think he thinks that. I, I hope to God that it never happens. I don't believe it will. No. I don't think any judge would ever allow that. He'll, he'll be... Honestly, at that point, what, he'll be in his 50s? Just you wait, though, because in Canada, shit is different. I'm telling you, because we're going to cover a case here soon. It's probably going to be the next one after the next one, so, like, two from now. Uh... There's there's a case where shit really hit the fan, like really hard, fucking blew up, almost like Luca's case, and that motherfucker is currently free. So don't, never say never, because for whatever reason, never. sometimes in Canada shit flies that doesn't make any fucking sense. Shit flies in the U.S. that doesn't <laughs> make any sense. You write about that too. Yeah, well nothing makes any sense half the time anymore. But yeah, so I don't believe that in any way...
justice was met here. I think it was good that he was found guilty. Yeah, that's a step in the right direction. That's fair. Like a uh, tiptoe in the right direction. But the fact that Justin Lin is dead, pieces of him were sent different places. His, His parents had to hear that this was online and people are viewing it and enjoying it and they're giving nope. this guy credibility as a result of it. And it will be around forever. Snuff out his life so he'll never even feel happy again for it. Yeah. In my opinion. And this bitch gets all the happiness he gets to get married. Yeah, right. But some say that's a life sentence in itself. Hey. Hey, (laughs) oh, dead man walking. But yeah, um, so but yeah, please give us some feedback, guys, because like we said at the beginning, this is a very graphic case. We advise discretion in showing this to anybody, but please give us some feedback. What do you guys think? And we will touch more on the mitigating factor of mental stability and diminished mental capacity absolutely. at some point. But it obviously weighed in here, and we want to hear whether or not you guys think that it was enough for us not to find him guilty or not to find him to be as responsible, at least. And um, even though I know the answer to this, I hope from the people, at least that I know that listen to this, but do you think he should, like, based on, you know, the woman who made that website, do you think he should be allowed to get married? Do you think yeah. You think uh, there is, for these crazed murderers who clearly plotted things for a long, long time, do you think there is uh, ability for rehabilitation for those people? That's an interesting question. I really want to pose it to you guys. And like Matt said at the top of the show, um, we have a bunch of handles here. Um, our email, please email us in your thoughts on this case. It's i for ipod at gmail.com, spelled at the top of the show. Our Facebook is facebook.me or fb.me slash i for ipod. Our Instagram is at i for ipod. We want to hear your opinions. We want to hear what you think. We want to hear your thoughts on this case and the craziness that it is. And I, we do apologize if we assaulted your ears with this idiot's name I don't I don't want to look him up I don't want to google him and you know honestly even googling his name makes me want to throw up but I did want to say something really quick before we sign off here I did touch on the fact that we believe that Luca well that Luca even claims that he has some mental illnesses and we don't want to take those lightly ever obviously in these cases it's I feel a little bit differently because he committed a horrible 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 crime but that doesn't diminish the fact that he claims he has mental illness. There's clearly some kind of mental instability there. But we don't want to put stigma on mental illnesses. That's something our country, at least, I don't know how Canada, well, based on the cases I've looked at, I don't think Canada is really up there with the mental health help either. But I, I don't know anything about Canada, really. I just know the cases I've looked up from there. Um, but I know mental health is a serious issue in our country. It's not talked about enough. It's not recognized as a real illness, as a real disease. And it really is, and we don't want to... We don't want to ever come across as saying, oh, all people that have mental illnesses are going to go commit murders or are crazy. No. Because that's a derogatory term for mental illness, but sometimes that comes out of my mouth, and I do apologize about that. But we, we don't ever want to come across as making an assumption of mental illness or of everybody with a mental illness. We are going completely case-by-case basis. So if you ever hear us in any of these episodes go over the mental illness that they're suffering from that's confirmed or maybe that we think... That's not just us associating the mental disorder to that person. That's just talking about that case yep. and what what we know about the attributes of some of these disorders to those those individuals. Because, like I said, not all people with these mental illnesses commit crimes. Please don't consider this medical advice. Yes, we're not doctors. We're not psychologists. We're not. <sighs> we are not certified in anything. 
So these are just our opinions, honestly, and yes. our research and everything that we're seeing either came from our brains. And we love this stuff, so please don't think we're total novices. Like yeah. we've done a lot of research, but we don't want anybody out here thinking that these guys are people. diagnosing anybody or recommending anything here. We are simply so we, talking about it as a discussion yes. post. And and any time that we do find that there was a mental illness found within a person, we'll state, you know, the research we did that found that like Matt said, you know, this this dumpster fire of a human was analyzed by some mental health professionals and they did try to use that didn't work for him but on top of that I just wanted to give a few hotline numbers out because I do know that mental illness is a real thing and it is a debilitating illness to have regardless of what mental illness you're suffering from Uh, I know it can feel lonely and and horrible so I wanted to give two hotlines here the first one is of course the national suicide prevention line lifeline um that number here is 1-800-273-TALK which is 8255 so the whole number here is 1-800-273-8255 so they're available the trained crisis workers are available 24 hours a day seven days a week everything's confidential and toll free and it goes to the nearest crisis center in the lifeline national network Uh, in your area and these centers provide crisis counseling and mental health referrals and then the second one I wanted to refer to you guys uh, anyone who may need it or anyone listening who may know someone who needs more support because that's that's really what we the the, the fucking way Matt is sitting sorry the that's really like the main thing here is we want to get these people help we want to recognize that this is a real problem and we want to make sure that these people are getting the support and the help that we need and i can speak for myself and matt when we say we support you in all of your endeavors if you ever feel like you need help don't think twice just get it nothing nothing is more precious than your life um amen so the other one i wanted to bring up is the samasa treatment referral helpline i found these just by googling mental health hotlines honestly but it's from mentalhealth.gov and basically the number for this one is one eight seven 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 two six four seven two seven. This is where you can get general information on mental health and locate treatment services in your direct area, and you can speak to a live person Monday through Friday, eight a.m. to eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're not sponsored by any of these people. I promise, we're not sponsored by anybody at the moment. Um, but I did want to bring up those those numbers just for anyone who may find themselves or someone that they love or know of in a pickle and we wouldn't want you know anything horrible to happen to anyone after listening to these and I think it's important in every show to bring something positive to the table and I think if we can shine some light in someone's life or give them the help that they may need or just let them know that there is people supporting them out there that it's super important to do and that we even though we're going over some horrible things and some horrible crimes uh, that we do support you and you know we want to make sure that everybody is getting the help that they need and deserve and the support that they need and deserve because it is a very underdiagnosed uh, illness. Absolutely. And ultimately we will be starting a GoFundMe page. Absolutely. That we'll be posting a link to. Um, if you guys would like to help us out we're going to be donating to the Suicide Prevention um, Organization. Yeah, Network, yeah. Network, thank you. Um but yes, so thank you guys. Appreciate everybody for tuning in again. Sorry, been a good night, it has been yeah. I thought, Full of profanity. We apologize. This one yeah, is a graphic. Oh, we, we swear a lot, guys, and we're sorry if you're offended by that. <laughs> but this one really gets some blood boiling because it's a truly messed up case, and a lot of these people that 
have talked about this and have supported Luca Magnata have given us some real queasy feelings. So we like oh, to, you God. know, we yeah. like to rail on them a little bit. But yeah, so thank you, Matt, and thank, thank you, you guys for listening in. We really do appreciate all your support. And as we've said a bazillion times, we do welcome the feedback whether it's constructive criticism, praise, whatever it may be, cases you want us to cover, your opinions on the cases, we really want to hear it. That's the point of this podcast. We really want that outside input. We want to bring in, you know, mindful opinions on our discussions. And if we get if we get feedback for the cases, we'll, we'll do mini-sodes with that feedback and we'll discuss the feedback or we'll get you on a call or something so you can discuss what you feel and we can do those as mini-sodes as well. We would love it. <laughs> All right, you guys, have a good night. I hope we didn't give you too many nightmares because this case, swear to you, messed me up for at least three months. I'm going to go try and sleep. <laughs> me too. Good night, bruh. Good night, bruh. Good night, everyone. Police don't have a clearer picture today about exactly what happened in this building, but tonight they do know who the victim may be. They're trying to identify an Asian man in his 30s whom they believe had been in One day my niece called me. Turn on your computer now. Jin has been killed. She told me where to look online. And I saw a big picture of my son in the news. I fainted. I begged everyone, please don't ask me any more questions. I don't know anything. I don't believe my son has been killed. It was not my son. I was so weak and could not talk. I fell and fainted. Mr. Lin, your, your son wasn't only killed, your son was killed in a very brutal way. And it was videotaped for people to see. And I wonder for you as his father, just how much deeper this made your, your pain and your suffering and your grief. The most unbearable pain for me is that the video got posted on the internet. People watched it over and over and over. It's like my son is being murdered again and again. about life and about so many beautiful things. Why did his life have to end? Why did he have to suffer so much? Why was that brutal video put on the internet? What a disaster and huge pain for our family. My lovely boy, so alive and killed in that way. In a victim impact statement read out in court, Lynn's father wrote, In one night, we lost a lifetime of hope, our futures, parts of our past.
the accused showed no emotion as he stood to hear his fate. After more than seven days of deliberations, the jury had just one word for each of the five counts against Luca Magnotta. Guilty.